You're about to listen to a message by Pastor Ikenna Okeke of the Father's Church. This message will challenge, encourage, and propel you to fulfill your purpose and live that life that God originally designed for you as revealed in His Word. Be blessed as you listen. Okay, this evening we want to try and conclude because we're still looking at Luke 24 and we ran through some of the other things we said that we've not said today and I want to repeat because somebody really needs to apply that. If your closest spouse are not disciples, there's a problem because you really can't do much with God. You see, God has a right to visit you or visit with you at any time. If the times that he wants to visit you or visit with you, you're hanging with people who are not children of God, it's going to be difficult. Uh, Part of the scriptures we prayed with last night was uh, Malachi, where the Bible says, when those who love the Lord spoke to one another. He said a book of remembrance. So it means when those who love the Lord gather, where two or more are gathered together. Now, wherever believers are gathered, God is there. Wherever light and darkness gather, God cannot manifest the way he would want to. Praise the Lord. So it's something that somebody must really put in, you know, in practice. Ask yourself, who are my closest spouse? Who are my go-to people? Uh, the Bible says, iron, sharpened iron. Are they wood or are they iron? Praise the Lord. You know, there's a teaching even from church now that you should just make friends with those who are better than you, those who are better than you. It's a perversion of this truth. You should make friends with fellow light. It doesn't matter who is actually better than who. When they say that, what are they talking about? Societal status. That's all. And it's popular. That's, you know, aligned with destiny helper. So they're telling you don't look for symbiotic relationships. Look for parasitic relationships. That's what it means. Everybody's looking for someone who is better than him to be friends so he can get something from you. So who is going to be friends with somebody? <laughs> Praise the Lord. What scripture says is iron what? Sharpened iron. It has nothing to do with status, okay? So believers, let's make sure, okay? We have an assignment to the unbeliever. What is our assignment? To let our light shine to win them over. We also saw that God responds to desire. Once you desire, he will respond. He says, draw near to me and I will draw near to you, okay? So we, we, I think we stopped at verse 18, 19. And I want us to continue. Praise the Lord. Okay, let me read from 17. And he said to them, what kind of conversation is this that you have with one another as you walk? And I said, then the one whose name was Cleopas answered and said to him, are you the only stranger in Jerusalem? And have you not known the things which happened in these days? 19. And he said to them, what things? So they said to him, the things concerning Jesus of Nazareth, who was a prophet, mighty indeed and what, before God and all the people. And how the chief priests and our rulers delivered him to be condemned to death and crucified him. But we're hoping that it was he who was going to redeem Israel. Indeed, besides all this, today is the third day since these things happened. Okay, let's look at from 19. This is what happens there now. Jesus, you know, obviously knew what was going on. So when he listened to them, and this was what they said, the things concerning Jesus of Nazareth. Now look at the first thing I want us to pick there. The statement that attached to Jesus, it says, who was a prophet mighty indeed. Now, if you remember, 
if she can put Exodus 3.13 for us. Anytime God spoke of himself, he never used past tense. God is never a was. God is. Praise the Lord. You see, it's so fundamental. The Bible also reminds us in Hebrews 13.8. It says, Jesus Christ is the same when? Yesterday, today, and forever. When you and I catch a revelation that God is the same, in spite of my experience, you have entered into a dimension of strength that the enemy cannot resist. Do you understand? See, God is not coming. God is. They said the things concerning Jesus of Nazareth, who was a prophet, mighty indeed. What they were trying to say was that his power had expired because when they saw him arrested, when they saw him beaten, this was not the Jesus they knew. But you see, wisdom and revelation of God brings you to the place where in spite of your experience, you sanctify. You say, the Bible says, sanctify now the Lord God where? In your heart, set him apart. So that I don't have a testimony does not remove the testimony of who God is. Are you with me? You see, that was what saved Job. Because the experience Job had, and that's what confounded the enemy. Did you notice that in Job's temptation, after that place, the devil disappeared. When Job did not put God in past tense, the devil told God, let it touch his body. He will curse you. Uh-uh. But when Job did not, Job still honored God. In fact, at that point, he said he worshipped. How can you worship a God that hasn't given you what you want? You know why you worship him? Because he's the same in spite of what you want. So they said, who was the prophet? Mighty indeed. But we didn't see. They went on to say, but the chief priests and the rulers delivered him to be condemned to death and crucified. What were they saying here? These people overpowered him. Now, who wants to worship a God who has been overpowered by the chief priests and the rulers? That's where our problem is. So you face a situation and this situation seems to have been impossible for God to handle. If you're not careful, immediately you begin to diminish your worship. And that problem takes over. Even though you don't say, I worship this sickness, I worship this financial problem. It begins to direct you. It begins to be the focus of everything you do. But if in spite of all of that, you still said, God is God. God is omnipotent. God is omnipresent. God is omniscient. God can handle this. I don't know why. I don't know for what reason. But God, I sanctify you. You know what is going to happen? Light will come before the day runs over. Praise the Lord, somebody. That is something we must speak from here. They made that statement and that was the root of their problem. They said this man was. This man was. But God is never in a worse situation. Malachi 3.6 says to us, it says, I'm the Lord, what happens? I don't change. So my circumstances might change. I might want God to do this this way. I might want God to do it that way. He may not do it, but he remains God. Can we respect him as that in spite? Praise the Lord, somebody. When you kneel down, you fall on your knees to pray to God. Remind yourself and him that you sanctify him as God. The Bible says, though the mountains be moved and the earth be removed. It says, what does it say about God? It says, you abide it. He abides. It doesn't matter what is happening. God is. When you make that declaration, immediately from the kingdom of darkness, 
they know that this is not a small case to handle. Is someone getting what I'm saying? It's very important because if they find, the Bible says, you know, a double-minded mind. Say, let not that man suppose. What makes you double-minded? When you think God can, God can't, God can, God can't. No, we're not saying now that I must see the way I want. But we're saying we must see God the way he is. Praise the Lord. We set him apart. You know why that is so important? It's so important because some time ago recently we read to God only wise. You see, lack of wisdom can make you want things to be done in a way that is unwise to be done. Praise the Lord. That's simply what it is. So, because we don't know as much as God knows, oftentimes things are going to be happening not the way we want, because the way we want is unwise. But we're not as wise as God. So we won't understand. So we have to respect his superior wisdom. Is someone getting what we are talking about this evening? Praise the Lord. So that was what happened there. You know, they said who was and all of that. So that was their judgment. But the scripture now went on to say something to us. He said, verse, um, thank you, 21. He said, but we are hoping that it was he who was going to redeem Israel. And I, I want us quickly to look at that area. You know, hoping we mentioned it a few Sundays back. And I want you and I to understand what hope is and what faith is. Praise the Lord. What is hope? The dictionary says it's a feeling of expectation or desire for a particular thing to happen, isn't it? So I'm hoping to see you. I'm hoping this will happen. I'm hoping that. I'm hoping that. Hope is good. Okay? Now the Bible says, teaching us in Hebrews 11, it says, now faith is the substance of what? Things hoped for. So we learned, you know, when we mentioned it the last time, that hope begins. Okay? But for you to have a solid hope, it has to have substance. Faith is the substance of what you want, hope for. So you can have hope without faith, which is what we see here. These men had hope, but they didn't have faith. Are you with me? Hope, it's a desire. Every human being, in fact, when somebody becomes hopeless, he's actually almost dead. That's why people commit suicide, because they have lost all hope. You know, remember... um, during the Wall Street crash, when, you know, the stocks crashed in the U.S., a lot of millionaires, they committed suicide because they, they couldn't imagine how did they start afresh. So they jumped off high rises. They had lost hope, okay? But for you and I as Christians, this is what happens now. When we have hope, you know, which is a desire, a feeling, we want this to happen. It's planted in us or solidified in us by the word of God. So the word of God comes and gives substance to that hope. Abraham desired to have children, isn't it? But the desire was not what kept him. It was the word of God that now came. And when the word of God came, it's implanted inside Abraham's heart. So that when the regular hope expired, Abraham did what? had hope contrary to the initial hope he had. He now held on to what God said. So faith takes you from I desire to he has said. Is somebody getting in there? Faith takes me from where is just a desire to where he has said. Now, can you put two and three for us? Or in particular, three. Okay, thank you. It says, by faith, 
we understand that what? The worlds were framed by the word of God. Hold that there. It says, so that the things which are seen were not made of things which are what? So I'm hoping for something and the word of God comes to me concerning that area. Now, I'm no longer expecting to see it manifest. I know that the word, because I can see this physical and it was produced by the word, then the same word that I've received will surely what produce what is being hoped. That's the substance. So, faith solidifies hope. Praise the Lord. And the Bible says, faith comes by what? Hearing and hearing by the word of God. Now, on Sunday, we saw clearly why those disciples did not have faith. Because they never heard. They were hard of hearing. They didn't hear. They were too occupied. Are you with me now? If they had heard Jesus, if they remembered, he said, you know, I, I can't get out of his enemies remembering his word. And his disciples not remembering. I still can't get out of it. Because as I was just going to say this, I wanted to say, even the accusation, they accused him of saying, destroy this temple. And I'll rebuild it on the, They still didn't remember that. Spiritual things are deep. Praise the Lord. What did I say? Spiritual things are deep. And for the married people, even the unmarried people, it's some quarrels between husband and wife are not just, it's not about both of you. It's about some other serious things. Mom, she has told us yeah, for those who are trusting God for the fruit of the womb. Some of them is prosperity. The morning, the season when you're going to receive the revelation to make that breakthrough. That's when you and your wife will say something and then you'll say and then she'll say, you'll say, you'll say, you'll say. Before you know it, you know, the Holy Spirit has just, you know, shriveled somewhere in the corner. He can't communicate with you anymore. Because you're so aggravated. You have technically, you know, told him get out of the way. Because they're saying, keep quiet. Say, did you hear what she said? And you say, you see, the spiritual things are just deep. Praise the Lord. If we understand this thing, we will pursue. You know, the Bible says, pursue peace. Why are you pursuing peace? Because they said you can't see the reflection of your face in troubled water. Can you? If the water is moving, can you see? So, unless there's peace, inspiration, you can't get it. Okay? Anyway, so we're talking about our Lord Jesus and how he kept saying to them, I'll be betrayed. I'll be taken into the hands of sinful men. This is what is going to happen on the third day. They never had it. They survived on hope. So when the faith was tested, they had nothing. You see, hope is built on progression. If I hope for something to happen, today when I see you, you must be a step closer to what I'm hoping. Then next tomorrow when I see you, you must be a step closer to what I'm hoping. Then next tomorrow you're a step closer. Because it's built on what I'm seeing. Hope is my desire. So I want Pastor Lord to do something for me. And I see Pastor Lord today, he smiles. Then tomorrow he frowns. I greet him, he doesn't answer me well. I say, I know he will never do that thing again. What is my reason? I'm not finding favor before him because it was built on hope. But faith does not care about what is seen. Faith has already held on to the word. Is someone hearing me? So those disciples, they had hope that Jesus would do a lot of things. But when they arrested him, they expected that, you know, all those holding him will fall down and die. But they didn't fall down and die. They said, let's wait. He has other plans. At that time, when the Bible said they were shouting, you delivered others, you come down. The disciples were sure that this time, he will now come down. He didn't come down. Haba. And you know the unfortunate thing? 
He was the first person to die out of the three that were on the cross. I'm sure at that point their hope went. Say he even died. So when he died and they buried him, that's why when those women came and were saying something, they said, leave us, Joe. Because he has died. You see, hope can be disappointed by information, by news. But faith is never, in fact, faith is made stronger. And that's where we are in Nigeria now. All the things that are happening. For those who have faith, their faith is becoming stronger. For those who their area was hope, you can see a lot of disillusionment. But God is going to do things, praise the Lord. And knowledge of his glory will cover this nation in the name of Jesus Christ. So that was where they are. You see how our Lord Jesus Christ addressed it. Very important. He said to them, verse 25, O foolish ones and slow of heart to believe in all that the prophets have spoken. You see, the word he used there is a word that that told us that if you say to someone, you fool, you're guilty of what? Hell or judgment. But he used it. Why? Because he wasn't using it to insult them. He was using it to address something that is very important. Now, the word foolish simply means unwise. It means lacking good sense or discretion or judgment. So, he said to them, how can you be so dumb? Don't you have brain? That's what he said. That's what foolishness means. You don't have brain. You're not thinking. Okay? But he didn't stop there. He also said what? Slow of heart. What is that one now? That's too powered. Can you put that 25 message translation? Message just cut, you know, what, what, what I want us to see there very easily. What does it say? He said to them, so thick-headed and so what? So they had a double jeopardy. They had head problem and heart problem. <laughs> you know, when we say they, we're actually talking about us. Head and heart. Head is common sense. It's head that made the apostle Paul say, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, you know, for what he has done, it's only reasonable that you do this. So they had a head problem. How can you think this way? Then the second was, how can you feel this way? Slow of heart, foolish and slow of heart. What was the solution? Did Jesus at this point walk a miracle for them? No. Very important thing we learned tonight. He didn't. What did he do? The Bible says, go to the next verse now. 27. 27 says, I'm beginning at Moses and all the prophets. What did he start doing? He expounded to them. When somebody is slow of heart and foolish of head. How did? (laughs) Thick headed. Miracles can't help the person. Signs and wonder. Those people saw signs. These people knew Lazarus. They saw Lazarus alive. They saw Lazarus dead. They saw Lazarus resurrected. It didn't help their thick head. Thank you. And their slow heart. So they didn't need another miracle. Are you with me? What they needed was insight, teaching, understanding. They needed to be grounded. And this grounding is not high. It's not when I come and preach and you mm He opened, beginning at Moses. Where is Moses? Genesis 1 verse 1. In the beginning, God created. He began from number 1 and started expounding to them, teaching them, teaching them. This is it. This is it. And what was he trying to bring out to them? This is the way God works. We've learned here. God made known his acts to the children of Israel. But the ways of God, they didn't know. 
These disciples had seen the miracles of Jesus. But the ways of God, they didn't know. They thought that if God said you will go high, you can never go low in the process. That was the problem. That's why it says, ought not the Christ to have suffered. Because without understanding, suffering is not part of it. If you are that strong, why should you allow the weak beat you? Praise the Lord. Do you understand? If you are so rich, why don't you give your seven-year-old child a Lamborghini to drive? That's what they are asking. Praise the Lord. If you can employ all the servants, why allow your child to learn some household chores? But there are many more things to life, aren't there? So that's what they needed to learn. So he began to instruct them, to teach them, to show them, these are the ways of God, or this is the way God works. Ought not the Christ to have suffered? Some of us, where we are now, God can answer that problem immediately. But you see, in the eyes of God, Giving you what you're asking for is not as important as seeing in you his image and character. Praise the Lord somebody. The Bible speaking concerning Joseph said he was in stocks until his word came to pass. The word of the Lord tested him. He was going through and going through and going through. The last interaction he had was the one that he said to uh, the cup bearer. He said what? Remember me. And when he left... God made sure he forgot him until Joseph was fully prepared. Praise the Lord, somebody. These are the things we learn in scripture. That power, he said, once has that spoken and twice have I heard that word. Power belongs to God. If that's all you learn tonight, it's enough for me. That no matter what is happening, power is with God. The reason he does not manifest it the way you want is choice. The devil has not been born that can shield you from the manifestation of God's power. The devil has not been born that can resist the manifestation of God's power. The devil has not been created that would divert the manifestation or block it. No, the Bible says the light shines and darkness what? Cannot, did not, will never be able to comprehend. So your focus, my focus must continually be with God. Looking at him, what is he saying? What is he doing? So he began to teach this. This is the way I prayed. This is the way I prayed. He was showing them little by little, little by little. What is the purpose of all of that? When I understand these are his ways, you know what happens to me? I have faith in him. Let's read the scripture. Hebrews 4, let's read 1, 2, and maybe 3. Okay? It says, therefore... Since a promise remains of entering his rest, let us fear lest any of you seem to have come short of it. Okay? I'm reading this because of the rest area. It says, For indeed the gospel was preached to us as well as to them, but the word which they heard did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in those who heard it. Just hold on. Why was the word to be mixed with faith in those who heard it? It was to profit them. What was the profit they were to profit? Look at verse 3. It says, For we who have believed what? Do enter that rest. He said, the whole purpose of having genuine faith in God is that you have rest. Praise the Lord. If you see a Christian that has rest, he or she is such an aroma. It's like a Tom Ford perfume. When you're around the person, no matter what they're going through, they're diffusing the fragrance of Christ. You can't tell she's broke or she's not. Or he's happy or, or this happened. No, you can't tell. You know why? Because this person has packed in rest. So sometimes you find out you're the one worrying more 
about them that they are worried. You know why? They've believed God. And the result of believing God is that you enter into rest. Another benefit of entering into rest is that there is nothing the devil can entice you with. It's like you're sitting at the table and you're preparing afang soup with a snail, isan, stockfish and all of that. And then somebody is waving gala at the window saying, come, leave your house. Come, let's go and eat gala. You see, you're laughing. That's how you do when you have believed God concerning yourself. When you know that you're in the center of God's will. The devil can be toying with you. Tell you, do this, I will make you. Do this, you will have this. Do that and you'll get this. He can't. You have entered into a rest. If you see him at the window, you say, ah, oh, sorry. Goodbye, world. I stay no longer with you. Do you understand? This is it. He said, for we who have believed what? Do enter that rest. As I said, so I swore in my wrath that this one shall not enter. Why? He said the works of God were what? Finished. Like we said here. Power is never the problem. This one is even taking it high. He's saying God has finished it. What you want God to do for you has done it. God has finished it. When you believe it, you enter into the rest. And when you enter into the rest, you have joy. And when you have joy, to follow God, to obey him, to honor him becomes easy. You know the Bible says the joy of the Lord shall be our... That strength is strength in every dimension. But one area it is strength to you and I is strength in obeying God. You see, if you knew God had a billion naira for you on the other side of the week on Monday, between now and Sunday, if they told you God wanted to do something, what would you do? If God needed, you know, some help or something to be done in church, you would tell the others, don't bother coming. They want to sweep the church. Please, pastor, announce nobody should come. (laughs) So that only you can come and do what? Why? Because you know God will do what? Has a blessing for you on Monday. That's the lifestyle of somebody who knows that God has blessed him already. He's not cajoled. He's not compelled to serve God or to honor God. He has a revelation, a knowledge. That leads me to where I want us to round up. Okay, so I'll read the passage and we'll touch a few scriptures. So 28 says, Then they drew near to the village where they were going, and he indicated they would have gone farther. But they constrained him, saying, Abide with us, for it is toward evening, and the day is fast spent. And he went in to stay with them. Now it came to pass, as they sat at the table with them, that he took bread, blessed and broke it, and gave it to them. 31 says, Then their eyes were opened, and they knew him, and he vanished from their sight. Praise the Lord. We trust that our eyes are being opened in Jesus' name. 32, the Bible says, And they said to one another, Did not our heart burn within us while he talked with us on the road, and while he opened the scriptures to us? Brethren, anytime you're listening to the word of God, to anybody, be it a child, be it, and something is, you know, working in your heart, Know that God is speaking. It may not be making you feel good, but it's going beyond your senses. It's going beyond your five physical senses. And it's touching something in your heart. Is the Holy Spirit walking? Praise the Lord, somebody. Is the Holy Spirit speaking? Is deep calling unto deep? The real you is being spoken to. Okay? So they said, wasn't that what we're experiencing? And the Bible says the result of that is this. It pulls you from the inside. So 33 says, it says, so they rose up 
that very hour and returned to Jerusalem. Now, what we find from here is this. Remember, they said to him, it is late. Don't journey again. What's the interpretation of that implication? It is not safe. It is unwise. It is not, you know, proper to journey at this time. But because they had gotten a revelation, nobody told them. They got up, praise the Lord, and they journeyed back to Jerusalem that night. Child of God, the purpose of the word of God is to get you to make contrary judgment to the judgment you would have made if the word didn't come. Is someone with me? To know that the word has spoken, has worked in you, is when the word moves you. You know, praise the Lord somebody. Thank you, Jesus. You see, our Lord Jesus is our savior. He's our Lord. But he's also our pattern. Praise the Lord. So, he says, as the Father has sent me, so send I you. In a sense, most experiences of Jesus, you and I are supposed to experience it. So, the Bible says, and the word became flesh. You and I must get to the point where you are doing things without explanation. The only explanation you have is the word. That means you're taking a step that might be unprofitable. That might be unreasonable. But the only reason you're doing it is what? The word is making you do it. At that point, what is happening is that the word has become flesh in you. And when people know that, they will take advantage of you. Have you ever heard people say, ah, he's a Christian. They may not have said it in front of you. He will allow us to do this. They know that he will not respond rationally. You respond wordically. Do you understand? The word has become flesh. Praise the Lord. It's a good place to be. You know why? Come with me to Ephesians 1. That's where we're going to stop and we'll pray. Because if we don't get to that point, we won't enter into all the benefits. The Apostle Paul from Ephesians 1.15 says, Therefore I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints, do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers. What were his prayers? It says that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of... What did the disciples just get here? Revelation. So they knew him. This is him. And what did that do? It opened the eyes of the understanding. The eyes of the understanding became enlightened. And all of a sudden, they knew what the hope of his calling was and this is where i want us to pray because you see the christian that is going to enjoy this race enjoy this journey must come to know what the hope of his calling is we must get to that place where we know please can you put the living bible for us on the screen verse 17 and 18 praise the lord it says i've never stopped thanking god for you i pray for you constantly asking god the glorious father of our lord jesus To give you wisdom to see clearly and really understand who Christ is and all that he has done for you. Okay? He says, I pray that your hearts will be flooded with life. So that you can see something of the future he has called you to share. Some of us are too blind. We can't see the future he has. That's why on Sunday, was it Sunday or last Sunday? When we were singing the song, one of my favorite worship songs. My Jesus, my Savior, tower refuge and strength. Whenever we sing that part, nothing compares to the promise I have in you. I can't help it. 
Because I know the best I planned for myself. But somehow God has opened my eyes to see the future that he has for me. If you don't see that future, you're going to be sad about. But when you see that future, a glory. You see, when Christ will be reigning and he will call you and give you nations to rule. Are you with me? When he's going to come and say to you, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. He's going to say it to us. When, when the father is going to say, well done, thou good and faithful son. Enter into, he has a future for you. Everything you're passing through. Do you know Jesus is passing through what you're passing through with you? He said to Saul of Tarsus, he said, why are you persecuting me? Jesus was not being persecuted by Saul. It was his disciples. He was there with them. But he didn't snipe them out. He didn't kill Paul or Saul. He endured it with them because there's a future. The Bible says if you suffer with him, then what is going to happen? You will also reign with him. So there's a future. He said these light afflictions that are working for us were a far heavier. So God is looking at you. There's a future. He says he knows what he's doing. There's a future. He wants some things to fall off of you. Didn't he say to us that the father is the vine dressed and he's the vine? And he says any branch in me that bears fruit. Listen to any branch in me that bears fruit, what do I do? I prune. They prune some of our, our flowers recently. Wicked pruning. <laughs> do you understand? I prune. Prune is to cut. I prune. But what is the intention? I prune so that they will do what? Bear more fruit. That is what he said. But if you don't see it, if the flower doesn't know that the purpose of this pruning is that it bears more fruit, what do you think is going to be doing? You'll be complaining. You'll be crying. You'll be hating. You'll be frustrated. But these are things written in the scriptures. Let's rise on a few brethren and ask the Lord, open the eyes of my understanding. Let me see why you're leading me through this path. Let me see why I am not walking in billions. Or let me see why I'm walking in billions. Let me see why this is the path you have chosen for me. He has a future. There's a future. If, uh, if the widow, Anna, Anna, right? Yes. If she had a future in God. And the plan was that this woman was amongst those that are going to bring to birth in the place of prayer. The proper and the accurate you know, birth of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. She must have seen it because they said it's from 16 years or 17. She could have remarried. She could have been frustrated. But it said she never departed from the house of the Lord. Making prayers that night. She must have seen something. She must have known something. She must have looked at this that knew we'll be reading about her. She must have known that God loved her, that God didn't forsake her. She must have known that her circumstances were not punishment, but preservation and positioning. Is somebody here tonight? I want you to talk to the Lord. Say, Lord, open my eyes that I may see that future that you have for me, that I may behold that calling that you have, that I may see the glories that you have preserved and prepared for me. Lord, you are good. You love me. You have chosen me. You have selected me. Tonight, I'm trusting in you. All I'm asking is that I want to see. You enable these two disciples to see you. Lord, open my eyes. Give me the spirit of wisdom and revelation. Let me comprehend. Let the eyes of my understanding be enlightened. That I may know what is the hope. Let me know that thing. That thing that you have for me. Let me know it, oh Lord. Help me to see the future that you're planning for me please you can put easy to read version the same place for me let's ask the lord help me help me help me lord to understand let me understand he says i pray that you open your minds to see his truth 
It says, then you will know the hope that he has chosen us to have. You will know that the blessings God has promised, his holy people are rich and glorious. They are rich and glorious. Lord, help me. Give me perspective. I'm becoming disillusioned. You can be very truthful to the Lord. You don't need to pretend to him. It's a place of prayer. You can let the Lord know, Lord, the, where I am now, I'm becoming almost discouraged. David was there. He told the Lord the simple truth. He said, listen, Lord, I don't understand what you're doing. I've seen the prosperity of the wicked. Is their children don't fall sick. Everything they do is going well. You know, he said to God, I can't understand. What are you doing? You can be that clear to God. Lord, I do not understand. Open my eyes to see the future that you have for me. The weight is becoming too much. The burden is becoming too much. Lord, speak to me. Lord, show me. Lord, strengthen me. Lord, help me to know the promise that you have made to me. Lord, reignite it in my soul. Reignite it in my spirit. The ministry you've committed to me. The family you've given to. The assignment you've given to me. The calling that you have called me with. The burdens of my heart. Lord, touch me. Strengthen me. Revive me. In the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name. So we'll go back to Luke 24, 33 and pray that prayer now. And my prayer is, these disciples, the Bible says, they rose up that very hour and went. My prayer for you and your prayer for yourself is that you will do impossible things. There's going to be a rising by reason of this revelation. There's going to be a movement. Something beyond the ordinary. Nothing would have made those disciples make that journey. But they had encountered Jesus. They had the living Jesus. Tonight, the living Jesus is in your heart. You're going to go from here and experience and walk in and lay hold and manifest things hitherto impossible things that you had taught you couldn't do i want you to understand that by reason of jesus's death and resurrection god is for you he said to the disciples all power all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me go therefore that's what these disciples did they went therefore so tonight we are closing the service releasing you to a going therefore you're not to be pitied you're going to bear fruit hundredfold, two hundredfold, one thousandfold. In the name of Jesus, a sign and a wonder. And in rest, not in panic. There is no doubting. There is no nobody thinking is this possible. For you have believed God. You have entered into His rest. You know whom you have believed, and you're fully, fully, fully convinced that that which you have committed into His, that which He has spoken into your ear, hearing tonight. He's able and eager and watching to perform it. Begin to thank him. Father, we give you praise. You've been listening to a message by Pastor Ike Naokeke of the Father's Church. We are sure you've been blessed. We invite you to worship with us at Eden Center, Barnex Guarimpa Expressway, near Next Kashinkari, Abuja. For telephone, 09 290 9000 or 
0703158804. You can find us online at www.thefatherschurchonline.org. God bless you.